Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you ask yourself, if not me, then who? My guest this week is Celine Ozunaldum, and she is a gender equality activist as well as the founder of a few organizations based in her home country of Turkey. I enjoyed this conversation with Celine, and I'm excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Celine Ozunaldum. Um, so hello, I'm Selin. I'm a 20-year-old gender equality activist based in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, I study international relations at Bikant University in Turkey. Uh, I am working with UN women and multiple um, UN agencies on different projects um, with a special focus on SDG 4 and 5, which are um, equal access to education, quality education, and global gender equality. I am a founder, I'm the founder of a couple of organizations, um, like two of them would be Girl Up Istanbul and Girls Who Code Turkey. Uh, I'm also working with UNICEF and uh, UNDP. I am a big fan of Girl Up, and I've gotten to talk with a few Girl Up teen advisors and club leaders on this podcast, so I'm definitely excited to hear more about your work as well. Can you tell me more about what got you started with this work? What inspired you to become a gender equality activist? So um, I haven't mentioned this before like in this podcast, but uh, I'm the founder of the first uh, he for she club amongst high schools in Turkey. And basically how that started was um, I was, you know, very um, much interested in issues like gender equality and gender roles and norms and social constructs since I was a child. But sometimes you need just one spark to get you going. And for me, that was uh, when my back then probably like six or seven year old brother told me that uh, because you know we we were at a dinner and we were talking about future and college etc and he said you know what you don't have to worry too much about it you don't have to stress too much because even if you cannot get into a good university or cannot get into a well-paid job you could always get married like girls women have that option but for us for men that is not it we have to be the breadwinners of the family we don't have another option and that was the first time that i truly saw why like we needed feminism so much because i never realized how that thought structure could um, impact you um, as a child. And these children will be the, you know, leaders of tomorrow. So I thought, okay, we need to do something to change this. And I went to my like um, principals at high school and talked to them about the things that we could do. And I thought uh, we already had he for she clubs, um, active he for she clubs amongst high schools. Uh, however, after talking with our principal, I realized that that was not the case. In fact, um, there weren't any active clubs around Turkey. So I said, you know what, if you want something to be changed, you have to be the one who changes it. And if not me, then who? If not now, then when? Which is actually Hugh Fershi's slogan. And I started the first Hugh Fershi club in my high school. And I went to a high school that has 
there like so many different campuses around um, almost every city in Turkey, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, when other campuses and other principals, other teachers from different cities saw the movement and the impact we were creating, they wanted to get involved as well. So they started reaching out to me. Um, so in a very, like in a couple of months, I was traveling to different cities or doing like things over Zoom online, uh, just basically introducing everyone to the movement and the things that they could do to create change, how they could start a he for she club, etc. And afterwards, uh, it was like a snowball effect, as we say in Turkish. So after a while, um, I guess I like UN Women saw me on social media, I guess, I don't know. And UN Women Turkey reached out to me uh, and they asked me to be kind of their like representative. Uh, and it had I have been with them ever since, I guess. <laughs> That is such a great snowball effect. And it's so exciting that you've gotten to have so many opportunities with so many different organizations. And I'm sure you've met so many people since that point. So you mentioned this story about your brother and how it's such an accepted path and maybe sort of an expectation for women to get married. And I would love to know more about your life in Turkey. Can you tell me more about what gender equality is like in Turkey and in your community, specifically for you and for other young women? Of course. So I feel like, yeah, of course, uh, we have been always like aware of the things going uh going around uh, our country however it was until that i really started my activism i started realizing oh this is like much bigger of an issue that we have realized you know and after again being involved i started doing more research and be just try to be more aware uh, of the things that we were you know saying and how we were saying them and how we were acting like the news the politics etc and I remember one like aha moment for me was um, I was like doing a research about our language. And I realized that when we look at our like, I guess they're called proverbs. When I was uh, like doing a research about our language, I saw how um, gender inequality was, you know, very much real in our language, especially in our proverbs. For example, there is a proverb that goes like, um, the male dog wouldn't do anything if the um, female dog didn't shake her tail, which is basically, you know, uh, justifying harassment and abuse. It's saying that because a woman did something, the man must have been harassing her, which is not the case. Or if... Uh, this is like something for the fathers, unfortunately, uh, the father who doesn't like um, he who doesn't beat his daughter beats his knee, which is, again, like justifying or paving the way for parents, especially fathers to beat their daughters. And there are, again, like so many uh, proverbs that are just targeted against um, women and just justify gender uh, inequality. However, when I try to look up for um, words or like proverbs um, or bad things targeted against men, there weren't any. In fact, most of the things that we say to praise each other in Turkish are for men. 
like if you are courageous, if you did something good, the, all of the proverbs to congratulate that person starts with um, a he or like a man. So you can, re that was the moment that I realized, oh, oh, like something is different and it is so normalized. It is just within, it's in us, you know, at this point that we don't even realize it and we don't realize a danger. And of course, like watching the news uh, a couple of summers ago, um there was this black and white challenge uh on social media it went vir viral uh within a day if i'm not mistaken which was initially about many people still don't know this but it was started by uh turkish women and we started you know taking our pictures and putting a white black and white filter on and posting them on our social medias like in a very in just a couple of days it turned turned into this movement women supporting women, et cetera, like, which is obviously incredible. But what we were trying to do was on the news, whenever um, a femicide happens, the news uh, anchors or like the uh, news, new paper, newspapers and like on social media, we see the photos of these women with a black and white filter on. And it was about how, because femicides are so um, unfortunately normalized and in our life, in our, daily lives at this point that we like any of us could be could end up in one of those black and white filtered instagram posts or newspapers so that was how the movement started but quickly turned into something about like solely only about women supporting women um i think just seeing these examples really um enhanced that within me like just fueled me i guess um, to do the work I'm doing right now because someone has to um, take the lead, someone has to do something. And as much as I'm involved uh, in these organizations and movements, I realize that I'm not alone. There are like literally thousands of young women, adolescents, uh, women from different like older generations who are working towards creating meaningful and sustainable change and achieve like real concrete gender equality in our country and uh, in global, I would say. That's so interesting. And thank you for sharing about the black and white photo challenge as well. I remember that happening, but I didn't know the origin of it. So I'm so glad that you shared that. So I would love for you to tell me more about the work you're doing with all of these organizations. Can you tell me about what you're doing to make change in Turkey and then, of course, around the world as well? Of course. So um, as I have previously mentioned, it started with he for she and I am still an he for she advocate. Uh, so I'm trying to be as involved as I can with that. Uh, I am also a national gender youth activist for UN Women. And like at its core, national gender youth activists are 300 activists all across from all across the globe who were nominated by UN Women country offices to work collectively with UN Women, like both country and regional, and especially with the HQ, with the global UN Women offices uh, to bring our like the voices of youth, the ideas, the demands and needs and work of youth within in our community into the global space and create change and just um, enhance youth involvement and the things that we're doing to create change. Like these 300 activists are working towards 
equal access to education, gender equality, sustainable cities and climate action, etc. Uh, so it is very interesting to see how like 300 people seeming like we don't have something in common, but we have, we have the most important thing, which is a drive to creating change. Uh, and it's been, I feel like two or three years. Uh, it's just the most amazing team. Uh, I'm also uh, a member of the Global Feminist Coalition for Gender Transformative Education, uh, which is hosted by United Nations Girls Education Initiative um, in collaboration with UNICEF. So with this organization, we're especially working towards um, quality education and equal access, uh, access to education. Uh, obviously, I'm very passionate about having girls in the classroom and just making sure that they are um, in the process and they are you know going to high school and then university because this these are stuff that we take so granted for just working with Anga made, made me realize how we are still behind how there are so still so many like hundreds and thousands of young girls who are not allowed to go to school and uh the numbers that we see on reports are actual human beings so just working with Angai was a real eye-opener for me. Uh, I'm also working with UNICEF on uh, as like a member of Youth for Gender organization. It is like, um, I would say, an advisory board for UNICEF. And what we do is, again, youth enrollment in any way we can, uh, especially within uh, that ad advisory board. I'm uh, mostly involved in uh, Istanbul Convention and ending harassment and violence against women and girls. Uh, and with Girl Up, which is a very interesting story in my life. So uh, again, as much as I was involved uh, with these different organizations and the, this movement, I realized how um, the gender bias, it still does exist. Uh, we'd always talk about sisterhood and just lifting each other up, but we don't really see that in our day-to-day um, -day lives, unfortunately. It is, you know, through movies and songs and TV shows and books uh, that these stereotypes are just uh, being reinforced, uh, I would say. And Girl Up is um, an organization started by United Nations Foundation, which is at its core about um, enhancing the power and skills of young girls and adults and girls, and just making sure that they reach that inner power and just be their best self. And I thought that was a very empowering thing. And um, I reached out to them. Again, there weren't any active girl love clubs in Turkey. Uh, so I said, you know what, we did it with he she. Why not do it right now again? And uh, with their with the United Nations Foundation support, um, I brought Girl Up to Turkey and just founded the first um, club. But now there are so many. I don't know the exact exact number, but I see them like popping up on Instagram on my for you page uh, or in your contacts page seeing uh, that there are so many different Girl Up uh, clubs all across Turkey in different cities doing incredible work. So I'm always, you know, so um, amazed by the impact that we can create uh, if we take initiative. 
and with Girls to Code. Uh, so I was in in a robotics um club uh in a robotics club in high school and our like robotics club was very very good at what they were doing they were attending to competitions and contests and they were just getting every award and they were winning they were incredible but i saw how there was um you know, a gender bias there as well. Uh, when we examined the team, most of the engineers who were building the robots were formed uh, of guys and the PR team was mostly um, girls. And when I reached out to our robotics team and said, hey, why don't we like change this? Why is, why is it like that? You guys are so good at what you're doing. Like, I, I would think that many people would want to join. And basically what they said was girls were feeling, uh, and the guys from like the engineer side of the team told me, which was very interesting that they were actually inviting girls to be on the uh, coding side, but girls were not interested simply because they were afraid of the bias and the stigma, just not feeling um, good enough about their coding skills, et cetera. So with their support, uh, we brought uh, Girls to Code movement to Turkey, which is about um, teaching young girls how to code and how to be the scientists of tomorrow, basically. And for a year, sorry, for like two years, and now it is still continuing. Uh, and we actually partnered up with um, one of the municipalities in Turkey as well um, to expand our reach. We hosted workshops and uh, seminars and forums just to teach coding and show young girls what it looked what it could look like to be a scientist um, and just spark an interest in robotics and STEM field. That's so exciting. And you have so much going on with all of these different organizations. And I think it's great. So I have one more question for you. Lots of young people want to create change, but they may not know how to get started with that work. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Um, yes, for sure. I actually get that question a lot from um, individuals in general. I would say just especially in the 21st century, there is no such thing as, oh, I want to do something, but I just can't do it. No, you can do literally anything. You know, we can start like movements that change politics, change the law on social media. We can start these things on social media at this point. Uh, so like any tool you can use to create change, just take that as an opportunity and use that tool. I would say the first thing you should do is just you can't say, oh, I want to work about like anything and everything, just climate and education and sustainability and this and that. You have to if you like you have to focus on one topic, I would say at first, at least, and just figure out what you are the most passionate about. And like, again, you can um, discover this through researching and reading and just talking with other people. And after you do that, please reach out to especially, I would say, local organizations, grassroots organizations. They are the ones creating the most change, trust me. Not like a massive corporation and just these fancy big organizations. No, but the people who are working on the ground, on the field, are the ones who know the most, who know the like probably the best uh, and just creating the most real change. Like just 
hats off. Uh, I would say reaching out to those kinds of organizations. Uh, and then obviously you can go to global ones. There are civil society organizations, uh, non-governmental organizations. I'm very, I'm always very vocal about supporting youth-led movements and youth-led organizations. And I feel like trying to, after a while, trying uh, to get in touch with press to talk about these things and raise awareness, uh, create awareness. And um, again, just if, for example, if you are someone who's passionate about writing, you can set up a blog and write about the things you want to talk about, right? Or if you like social media, you can create reels and TikToks to talk about these things and create change. I actually got this question once saying, oh, people in your age uh, just take record and post TikToks all day long, but you are doing this and that. No, that this is like such a silly thing to say. I think using TikTok as a tool to just say what you have to say, like speak about your demands and needs and ideas is an incredible tool. You could like literally reach millions of people within minutes from all across the globe. So again, like if you see an opportunity, take it. And if you want to start your own organization or your own movement, go for it. I know it can be incredibly scary from time to time. And you will not, you will probably, let me like say, say this right. You're probably not going to make it the first time you try it. So many people don't realize this, but with Girl Up Istanbul, we failed three times before like building for the fourth and final time and that is okay that is the process and you need to trust the process and whenever you feel like you're not enough you are not going to be able to do it just look at people around you look at the people who can inspire you I feel like role models can be such a strong um tools to empower yourself you know from people from flesh and blood just seeing them is a very inspiring and empowering way and just again uh, redirect your focus and uh, your focus and strength to the things that um, made you wanted to do this in the first place and like any time or anywhere you want we are with you. You're not walking on this road alone. Not a chance. <laughs> we uh, got you. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation with Celine, and I think it was really inspiring to see her motivation to keep fighting for gender equality in Turkey and around the world. She recognized that no one else was going to do this work, so she stepped up to be the change she wanted to see in her country. I think Celine's story is a great example of how change comes when you ask yourself, if not me, then who? Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Celine on Instagram at Ozunaldum to get connected with her. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.